your name today Tell me, why do the children play? Courtesy of Bob the Engineer, Dolly the Reception, and yes, your host, your servant, the Jester. Oh. My. Lord. We're wired that way. No point in fighting it. Hi, everybody. I'm Archie Bell with the Thrills of Houston, Texas. We don't only sing, but we dance and announcement from Brill Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Just Radio. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Good evening. Welcome. Come on in. Have a seat. So good to see you. Swing. Hello. Hello, my name is Jimmy Pop, and I'm a dumb white guy. Good evening, and welcome to the ravings of a clown on Chester Radio, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe. I don't know Mo Bopes, yo peeps, me cushy fly. What the fuck is he saying? Yeah, I think you know like a couple parts. You got the I like, like the planet, planet Pluto. Pluto, man. That's just plain funny. Kinda like I'm solo, always stroking my own whoopie. Yeah, of course, being a Star Wars. Oh, you know man, the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. The roof, the roof. The roof is on fire. The roof. Oh. The roof, the roof, the 
Let the motherfucker burn, burn motherfucker. Burn. Yeah, and that's the way to start off your evening for my money. That's not how I like to start it off. Now, how do you like to start it off? With that fat stogie you passed around just oh, a few yeah. moments ago? I do believe you, uh, Bob the Engineer, by the way, hanging behind the glass this evening with the uh, infamous... Robert the Engineer, who brought with him into the studio a lovely, I would say, banana-sized um, uh, spliff. What, what, do you, what do you children call it nowadays? It's a blunt. Blunt. So it's basically a tobacco. It's like a European thing. The, all the kids are doing it now. They roll up their marijuana inside the tobacco, which is just the worst thing you could do. You shut the don't forget Dolly's. The Euro Trash do it as like a hamburger helper, you know. They actually even mix the herb in with the That no, nah, that's That's gross. disgusting. That's man. gross. That's fucking disgusting. Anyway, this was a lovely marijuana cigarette, and it was about the size of uh, that fish I caught last spring. Yeah. And uh let me tell you, it was it was very good. It just went around three ways, but it stood its own, and the roach is su actually surviving on in the uh, pipe. Nice. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, I've been keeping that from you. Going to take a look at what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours uh, this evening and uh, what's happening in that sick fucking world of mine. It's Friday, uh, March the 14th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Did you realize it was Friday? Yes, I do. What does that mean? Doesn't mean anything to me. It means I, don't I do have the to work same exact thing seven days. days a week, but for, for me, it's exactly the same. So I never really—that's true. Be that as it may, never really did understand this whole wacky distinction between like the weekday and the weekend, and just another one of these weird-ass things we do. Mm. You know, everybody should just keep their own fucking schedule. You know what's a weird-ass thing that you do? What's that? Not pass the bowl. It's right there. Right where? It's right over there, hiding behind the ashtray over there. It's been sitting there all this time. So you've been trying to hide Time it. now to turn our attention to the headlines. from <laughs> from See, that again, that's something that's always funny. Democratic presidential candidate Barack Obama today denounced inflammatory remarks from his pastor who has rallied against the United States and accused the country of bringing on the September 11 attacks by spreading terrorism. This is another one of these crackpot uh, preachers that says that 9-11 was America's fault for, like, of all the homos we have and all the shit that we got. I remember one time when I was in, I was in high school, some fucking assholes came up from, I God fucking knows where, backwoods of Alabama somewhere. Right. With their kids, little kids, standing there, protesting some gay flag that was, like, up in a middle school. I don't know why. They were doing, like, different cultures, and they had all these... They were protesting the homos. Yeah, they were protesting it's the homos. It's not enough to just so, not be you know, a homo. You have to actually so, protest you know, like against... So, you me and everybody else that has half a brain down at the school, you know, like, I, you know, I'm not a homo. It's not that I, I don't have anything against homos. So, I was like, all right, it's cool. I'll go down there. 
I'm gonna go down there and fucking, you know, custom other people out and shit because, dude, you know, if you want to be gay, be fucking gay. So what dude. is the... So, so I agree. If you want to be gay, be gay. Yeah, so... But Whatever these guys, these guys came down there and then they were song. But my question to you, Bob, is why, it, why is it that there are people who it's not enough for them themselves to not be gay... If they think God is against it, then okay, they decide. But they actually are moved to go down and protest. You know why? <laughs> like because it's a political you know rally why, you know why they against do that? homos. Why do they have to protest You know why they the do that? Because they're scared. You know why? Because they're scared that if um, homos are around them, I think that they just have such little self-control. And you if see, the homos were the, around them, they would turn homo, and exactly. You know, you, you made know. a really good point. This is what I remember many years ago hearing some southern senator. Yeah, and you know, these people are really stupid, too, and easily influenced. I mean, you can tell these people almost fucking anything, and they'll believe it, you know? So, I mean, yeah, if, but you who's get a, telling if you start, if you start, who's telling you know, them if you shit? put a whole shitload of homos around them, you know, they're, they're going to start getting scared. They're going to be like, oh, God, my son's going to be a queer when he grows up. <laughs> As video of the Reverend Jeremiah Wright has widely aired on TV and the Internet, Obama responded by posting a blog about his relationship with Wright and his church, Chicago's Trinity United Church of Christ, on the Huffington Post. Wright brought Obama to Christianity, officiated at his wedding, baptized his daughters, and, and inspired the title of his book, The Audacity of Hope. So he's in like Flynn with this preacher. So for him to now put himself at a distance from this guy. He's been listening to this shit that he's been saying for a long time. Uh-huh. And he's been saying the uh, United States brought on, you know, 9-11. Now he's coming uh, out and saying, I categorically denounce any statement that disparages our great country or serves to, to, to divide us from our allies. But, you know, all this time, I mean, if I had a friend that was going around saying shit like this, he would stop being my friend. And I don't mean, <laughs> nobody cares about who I'm hanging out with. Yeah. So this guy should have thought about uh, the shit this guy has been saying. He's been saying this shit for 20 years. So I hate to, you know, you know, make people guilty by association, but it's, he's more than just associated with this guy. He's the guy that brought him into Christianity. He's the guy that married him, that baptized his kids, influenced the title of his book. Uh huh. So it sounds like he's 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 a good, you know, this is his good friend, but. He does, you know, now he's uh, keeping him at arm distance. Meanwhile, President Hugo Chavez dared the U.S. today to put Venezuela on a list of countries accused of supporting terrorism, calling it one more attempt by Washington to undermine him for political reasons. Chavez said the threat to include us on the terrorist list is Washington's response to his government's successes in the region. This is a common theme among these um, uh, insane, you know, dictators i do believe this particular one is 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 experiencing the final stages of syphilis because every fucking word out of his mouth is is just wacky u.s lawmakers include reps connie mack and Ileana ross leighton both florida republicans have called for the state department to add venezuela to a list of terrorist suspects which includes north korea iran syria sudan and cuba They've expressed concerns about what they call Chavez's close ties to Colombia's leftist rebels. Let them make their list. 
and shove it in their pocket, Chavez said in a televised speech. We shouldn't forget for an instant that we're in battle against North America imperialism. On the continent, they have us as enemy number one. So there you go. So now it's just another fine group of people that uh, Bush has managed to piss off. Another day. A man who may have been exposed to toxic ricin in his motel room a month ago has uh, just regained consciousness and was being questioned by investigators, authorities said today. Roger Bergendorf, 57, remained in critical condition in a hospital where he's been hospitalized and unable to speak since February 14th. He, he went down Valentine's Day. Jesus Christ. They went to go search through his shit in the hotel room where he was staying, and they found vials of ricin, which is a deadly poison, along with the castor beans from which it's derived. Uh, he was staying at an extended-stay motel uh, several blocks from the Las Vegas Strip. Officials said they found no contamination, but he has been sick from ricin poisoning. So what was he doing with it, though? Exactly. Well, now he's awake. But let me tell you something. The doctors went in there, and they said he's awake, and the cops went in there, and they said, can we have a few minutes alone with him? And they pulled out of a briefcase a car battery which they connected to his testicles, and they started asking questions very politely. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Bergendorfenstor. Why did you have ricin in your room? Now, Henry, don't close that switch yet. Maybe Roger has something he wants to say. So I can imagine that we'll have another story yeah. <laughs> following this up tomorrow. But I wanted to keep everybody on alert that he's now awake and communicating. After secret interrogations, the CIA transferred to U.S. military custody a high-level al-Qaeda figure who helped Osama bin Laden escape from Afghanistan in 2001, the Pentagon announced today. Oh, really? Mohammed Rahim was captured last summer in Lahore, Pakistan. According to a diplomatic official who spoke on condition of anonymity, Rahim was later handed over to the CIA. God knows what happened to him. Talk about your car battery and your testicles. And uh, yeah, then, then after they interrogated him, they turned him over to the U.S. military this week. In a message to agency employees today, CIA Director Michael Hayden said it was the first such transfer from his agency's interrogation program since April 2007. Rahim is now being held at Gitmo in Cuba. Um, his detention in the summer of 2007 was a blow to more than one terrorist network. So they've, But they've had this guy for a year and a half, so big fucking deal. So they're just now announcing that the government's got their hands on him, but does he so have anything? God knows what does, happened to him. Does when he have any, that we had And him. does he have anything left to uh, um, to uh, um, say on the matter? I doubt it. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. It's Friday, TGI Friday. March the 14th, the year of our Lord, 2008. And this one goes out to all those that uh, have been lost but are now finally finding their way back. And uh, so good to see you. You're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jest Radio. Please don't fuck with that dial. But then again, 
Was there something that made you come back again? And what could ever lead you? What could ever lead you? Back here where we need you. Yeah, we tease him a lot because we got him on the spot. Welcome back. Sebastian, uh, what a day for a daydream. Welcome back. And Burton Cummings starts that set with Stan Tall. You're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio, and those two go out to all those find themselves making their way back after a long journey being away. Uh, there was a great story written about that uh, many uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago uh, called The Odyssey, tale of a guy who went to pursue his uh, dream and when he got there, it turned out it was a trap. And then his whole journey back home was just fraught with danger. And all he ever wanted to was reach uh, his home shores and see his family. You okay there, Bob? Yeah. All right. Try actually, to hit he, that uh, cough switch. He, uh, actually, he, didn't he curse uh, one of the gods? Something like that. Exactly. Yeah, he pissed somebody off. Yeah, he pissed off one of the guys. Pissed off that then, uh, uh, ocean guy. They just fucked up everything. They fucked him for, for the whole journey back, and uh, this is you know a sort of a uh, it was a it was a grand it was an epic uh, poem, which was the precursor to the novel, and it was a grand tale that had you know um, d- drama and sadness and comedy and so on, uh, and a little sex you know. The movie but, actually wasn't that bad. But it was actually more of... I saw the movie, it wasn't that bad. But it was actually more... You know, they made a great movie out of it called The Warriors about a street gang that went to the Central Park for a gang meeting and then so they got framed for for um, for killing the head gang leader and they had to make it back to Coney Island alive. It was like exactly based on The Odyssey, did you but see, it was uh, with street gangs. Did you ever see... Um, I had a cousin that was in it. Ah... Uh, Men of Respect? Or? No, I don't think I saw that. I think, I can't remember. But in any case, it's, it's, an, it's an age-old it's, um, tale. Somebody once told me there are only seven stories, you know, if you look through the uh, history of, um, um, you know, like the Lucy show, there's only like seven plots. You know, one is the one where they get amnesia, and one is, I don't know what they all are. But one of this is, you know, the classic journey story because we see it as our life. Our life is a journey. 
And um, along the way, um, we have these uh, experiences where we go away and we come back home. Lenny Bruce said that home is the place you go to uh, where they have to let you in. And, um, you know, for some people, you know, just simply don't even have that. And and for some people, you know, what they do have is kind of, you know, difficult to come back to. So seems that life is just an endless journey of uh, going away and coming back home. So for all of those that are coming back home tonight, welcome back. You're listening to the Ravings of a Clown this uh, Friday, March the 14th, the year of our Lord, 2019. The House on Friday approved a Democratic bill that would set rules for the government's eavesdropping on phone calls and emails inside the United States. The bill approved as lawmakers departed for a two-week break faces a veto threat from President Bush. The margin of House approval was 213 to 197, largely along party lines. Because of the promised veto, this vote has no impact at all, said Republican Whip Representative Roy Blunt of Missouri. The president's main objection to the bill is it does not protect from lawsuits that telecom companies um, that allow the governments to eavesdrop on their customers without court permission. Uh, you know, the government said to them, you have to give us all your records and let us eavesdrop on your customers. And the telephone company said, well, we don't have a warrant. And the government said, don't worry about it. It's perfectly legal. Our lawyer says so. So the telecom company says, sure. So now the people who were eavesdropped on are suing the fucking telephone companies. And the telephone companies are looking for protection from the government, saying, you told us it was legal. So now, retroactively, they want to give all those telecommunications, they being the White House, wants to give all those telecom companies immunity from prosecution or from uh, civil lawsuits and from uh, criminal prosecution. Fuck that. Someone's going to go down for it. We all know George Bush isn't going to take the exactly. fall. Exactly. So someone's going to go down exactly. for it. Exactly. Somebody ought to go down to for fall it. for it. So. Exactly. Yeah. It should teach these people, uh, you know, the, the, you can't go by anybody's word, even if they're the fucking president of the United States. They still have to have the fucking paper that says okay, it's okay. This is still fucking America, for Christ's sake. Isn't it? Yeah, I think so. It was last time I looked. Yeah. Republican John McCain said that uh, he worries terrorists might try to influence the November general election with increased attacks in Iraq. Uh, this is more of this Republican kind of paranoia to whip everybody into a frenzy. Yeah, I think they're going to hit during the election like as if the past fucking, you know, seven years since 9-11, they haven't been able to muster a single fucking strike inside the United States. Nothing. Not a shopping cart, not a mailbox, nothing. Yeah, I know, right? In seven fucking years. But these Republicans are still trying to whip everybody into a frenzy. Yeah, yeah, I think they're going to go after the election. Yes, I worry about it, he said today, responding to a question in a town hall-style forum. And I know they, they pay attention because of the intercepts that we have of their communications. So he's implying that he's read the intercepts and that they are planning something for the election. The questioner asked if McCain feared al-Qaeda in Iraq or another group might attack in an effort to aid the Democratic nominee because Democratic Senators Hillary Rodham Clinton and Barack Obama both favor a withdrawal of U.S. forces. So he's asking, do you think the terrorists are on the Democrat side? 
Probably. And McCain said reporters, uh, 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 he, he told reporters later that al-Qaeda remains smart and adaptable despite an increase of U.S. troops. So, yes, he's basically implying, go to the ballots, vote Republican. We need more of you out than ever. Vote early and vote often because the terrorists are on the Democrat side. Can you fucking imagine what it's come to? I know, right? The space station's new robot remained without power because of a cable design flaw today as flight controllers devised yet another plan to get electricity flowing to the, to the machine's uh, various joints and electronics. Engineers believe the problem is with a uh, cable that wasn't designed properly. Engineers on the ground put in the wrong circuitry uh, that was enough to create a roadblock in power and data to the robot named Dexter. robot had its hands attached to its arm uh, during a spacewalk that ended well before dawn on Friday, but the next spacewalk on Saturday night, the uh, to hook its 11-foot arms to its torso could be delayed or changed if uh, power doesn't start flowing. To try and resolve the problem, Mission Control instructed the astronauts aboard the linked space shuttle and space station to attach the station's robot arm to Dexter late this evening and get power flowing that way, the problem cable is in Dexter's transport bed or pallet, which the astronauts are using as a staging area to put the robot together. So they got this like fucking trillion dollar robot in the middle of space and they put in the wrong cable <laughs> and it's not running. Fucking idiot. Cost more than $200 million and it was built in Canada. So I think that pretty much says it oh, all. Oh, yeah, that sums it up. Let me yeah. tell you something. They're, just, you ever, they're just like our little brother, man. They just they try so hard, but they just not. Quite. Have you ever drank Canadian beer? It's like moonshine. No. It's like 16% alcohol or something. No. Yeah. And, you know, this is like where 99% of all the herb in America comes from. You know what the number one, the number one cash crop in Vancouver is? Marijuana. Marijuana. It's de facto legal in, in uh, Canada. Everybody gets fucking wasted. Now, why exactly is it, again, that, they can, that they're allowed to do it? Like, what exactly is the whole situation? Explain, elaborate for me. With the marijuana, you're yeah. saying, in Canada? Yeah. Because everybody does it, so who's going to complain? Uh-huh. This one goes out to uh, Zona Rosa. Please don't fuck with that dial.
Redfield, Blind Faith on Jester Radio, Can't Find My Way Home. Jefferson Airplane started that set with White Rabbit. You're listening to the Ravings of a Clown this Friday, March the 14th. Hey, by the way, hanging in the Jester Radio chat room, why not stop by and say hi to the folks there? They're all chatting on about something. Also, uh, we have this cool new thing where you can uh, dial in and say hi. You got something on your mind, something I said pissed you off. 646-502-8600. 646-502-8600. And uh, you can also just Skype in. Our Skype name is Jester Radio. And uh, we'll get you live on the air and see what you got to say. UCLA Medical Center will uh, fire some employees and discipline others for snooping at the confidential medical records of Britney Spears while she was hospitalized in a psychiatric ward. A hospital official told uh, Jester Radio, Jerry Simpson, the hospital's director of human resources, who was involved in the investigations of the confidentiality breach, confirmed the action but would not say how many employees were affected. The Los Angeles Times reported on its website today that more than 13 employees, none of whom are doctors, are going to be fired. 13 employees, 12 others, including several doctors, will be disciplined otherwise uh, for looking at computerized records. All these people l apparently logged in, and they keep a record of who uh, is checking whose records. And uh, they went back and said, what business did you have looking at Britney Spears' medical record? They said, none. And they said, you're fired. This is not the first time the hospital has been uh, had to reprimand employees for looking at Britney's records. Several workers were fired after they were caught snooping after Spears gave birth to her first son in September of 05. It's not uh, only surprising, it's very frustrating and it's very disappointing. Simpson told Jester Radio, adding that she felt horrible that it happened again. Spears was admitted to the hospital twice in January under a state law allowing patients to be held against their will for up to 72 hours for evaluation if they are deemed a danger to themselves or to others. Uh, on her second trip uh, to the medical center, uh, Spears stayed for nearly a week. Leading up to the hospitalization, Spears had been behaving bizarrely she had shaved her head, uh, was seen in public without underwear. <laughs> She's a fucking nutbag, man. She is a fucking nutbag. She, you know, but that's not so bizarre. She shaved her head because she wanted to get rid of how long she had been doing drugs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she was seen in public without underwear so that she can get on the news, you know. As she ran over a celebrity photographer's foot and attacked the vehicle with an umbrella. After her February 6th release, a judge placed Spears uh, and her estate under temporary conservatorship. Conservatorships are granted for people deemed unable to take care of themselves or their affairs. Spears has since been uh, had very limited contact with her uh, toddler sons who are under the sole physical and legal custody of her ex-husband, Kevin Federline. Christ. Remember him? Yeah. So he's considered the competent, responsible father. Right. You need a license to catch a fish in this country. But any fucking couple of retards can have kids. I know, right? There could be a new owner riding the merry-go-round at Michael Jackson's fabled Neverland Ranch this summer, a public auction of the 2,500-acre spread in Central California's wine country has been scheduled for next week. After I thought you said uh, yesterday that it was... Um that he saved it. Yeah. So he saved it so that he could sell it instead of letting it go into foreclosure. Uh, uh. 
Smart yeah. nigger. Yep. Um, he he rapes children. Nobody said he was stupid. Yeah. He's just evil. Uh, the uh, public auction of the 2,500-acre spread in Central California's wine country has been scheduled for next week after Jackson went into default on the $24.5 million that he owes in the property. However, the auction was postponed until May 14th by mutual agreement of Jackson and his creditors. Uh, according to Julie Wagner of the Financial Title Company of San Francisco, the firm that uh, filed the default papers, that allows us to refinance or sell the property, Jackson's attorney L. Londell McMillan told Jester Radio today. He added that Jackson is looking into both options. So who wants uh, Neverland Ranch? I understand it's perfect for raping children. Yeah, it would right. be great for a um, like one of these Arab, uh, you know, pedophiles. Yeah. Who will like have millions of dollars in oil money yeah. and they bring their own children over from Saudi Arabia so it's not, you know, not as bad. Yeah. But you know what happens is they go through them and then they want fresh. That's the problem with the pedophiles. They always need the fresh. They need yeah, a fresh know, supply. Right? You know how like with porn, you could jerk off at some kind of porn like and then the second or third time you're like, I fucked this chick already. <laughs> I don't want to look at her again. We expect to have this matter resolved well before May 14th, McMillan said. The extended date uh, was first reported on Fox News. Jackson, who moved out of Neverland more than two years ago, bought the property. He moved right out after, as soon as he got off on those um, uh, child raping charges, he moved to France. Uh And he hasn't been back. Bought the property in the uh, bucolic Rolling Hills of Los Olivos, 150 miles north of Los Angeles from real estate baron William Bone back in 1988 and turned it into his personal playground. He brought in more than a dozen amusement park rides, including a merry-go-round, Ferris wheel, roller coaster, and installed a zoo, complete with flamingos, giraffes, elephants, and orangutans. At the height of his popularity in the late 1980s and 90s, he invited children by the thousands onto his grounds where they would spend the day playing and feasting on cotton candy and popcorn. It must have been like a kid in a candy shop for him. It must have been like, can you imagine? I know, with right? this? His mouth must have been salivating, him standing there. Once hailed as the king of pop and him helping the kids onto the rides. You know, just to think back on it now, uh, it's just so horrifying. God knows what he was grappling onto, you know? When he was helping those kids onto the rides, you know what I'm saying? God knows what he was giving a squeeze. Please. I shudder to think. Trying to calm jitters about the economy, George Bush conceded today that the country, quote, obviously is going through a tough time. (laughs) No shit, But he expressed confidence that it will be rebounded. He cautioned against overreacting to fix the problems. In a speech to the Economic Club of New York, Bush said that this was not the first time that the economy has been rattled and that he is certain that it will uh, ride out its troubles. These are uncertain times, he said. The president spoke as evidence of an ailing economy piled up. Dollar fell, oil and gold hit record highs. The economy is shedding jobs. Retail sales saw a big drop, and the effects of a severe credit squeeze lingers. Economic worries have replaced the Iraq war as the number one concern of voters in the presidential election this year. It's the economy, stupid. 
So Bush acknowledged the prices are up at the gas pump because, you know, he always goes over to the you know ga- corner gas station yeah. every couple of weeks. Remember that time they, uh, they showed him in a supermarket? Somebody was scanning the groceries in a supermarket. He said, what's, he said, what's that? He had never seen a scanner go across. Last time he was in a supermarket, they just rang shit up. You know, they looked at it and they typed it in. He's pathetic. <laughs> you imagine. <laughs> What's that device do right there? He was fascinated. He thought it was like he had a flashback to like one of those you know ELO uh, laser light shows that they do in the planetarium. Yeah, I know. He probably fucking picked up you know the you know when they got the the one that they take when they can't fucking get it on the regular thing they get the little gun. He probably took that and was like staring at it. You know, talking about you know how. He, they I have the faintest like, idea what you're talking about. You no, know, you know, you ever seen uh, the movies, you know, when they got the kids working in the store and they're just fucking sitting there staring at the thing and they look away and they're just retarded for a couple minutes? No. You ever seen that? No, what's that? No, I can picture George Bush doing that. Who the fuck you're talking about? Well, that's who I was talking about, George yeah, Bush. He is now admitting, finally, that yes... He says every time the economy has bounced back better and stronger than before, he said, so... Hopefully that's exactly what'll happen. Uh, yeah, the moment but it's not going to be under him. The moment he's uh, out of office. This one goes out to S. Poe. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio coming to you from a secret location outside your universe. All around me are familiar faces Worn out places Worn out faces Bright and early for their daily races Going nowhere, going nowhere Their tears are filling up their glasses No expression, no expression Hide my head, I wanna drown my sorrow No tomorrow, no tomorrow And I find it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had I find it hard to tell you, I find it hard to take When people run in circles, it's a very, very
screaming at the top of his fucking lungs for two minutes at the end. In the end, there will be cake and Frank Sinatra on Jest Radio. Gary Jules, before that, goes out to Poe. You're tuned into the Roovings of Acclaim this Friday, March the 14th, the year of our Lord, 2008. And I'm hanging behind the glass with uh, Bob the Engineer to promote... Uh, how you doing there, Robert? How's it going? Doing pretty good. How about yeah. yourself? Yeah. Robert uh, came into the studio this evening with a marijuana cigarette, I would say approximately the size of Cincinnati. Wouldn't you say? About well, the size of Jamaica. But it had the um, tobacco shell, which I, you know I'm against. You didn't. But it was. It was. You a, didn't refuse it, so. <laughs> still, uh, quite superior um, uh, quality, and uh, um, not as good as the um, herb that you brought in last night, which ta- which tasted and smelled like craft cheddar cheese. Cheddar cheese. <laughs> Keep saying craft cheddar cheese. Just because. But I think it's pretty much any. Six four six five zero two eighty six hundred gets you live on the air. Six four six five zero two eighty six hundred or Skype in, and our Skype name is Just the Radio. What the fuck else would it be? What else? Oh yeah, the um, uh, the Bob has asked me to remind you that uh, the every evening the uh, show is available by podcast subscription, so easy to get hooked up with. Uh, you could do it through your web browser if it's built in, or you can just uh, go to jesterradio.com and click on podcast and follow the easy to uh, follow instructions there. There's even a link you can click on that will automatically subscribe for you in iTunes if that's the player, if that's the podcast. uh, Isn't that sweet? Isn't that sweet? I love that. The search for a couple missing for almost two weeks has expanded beyond the resort island of Hilton Head, South Carolina, Sheriff said today without giving details. John and Elizabeth Calvert, who live part-time on a yacht at the Harbor Town Marina they lease and manage... Were last seen on March third. Uh, March third, police think Dennis Ray Gerwing, a business associate of the couple who committed uh, suicide on Tuesday, was the last person to see him. So they're missing for two weeks, and this guy just cacked himself. Uh, they're not saying what uh, was in the suicide note, but uh, apparently nothing that led them to the dead bodies of uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Calvert. We're not only looking at areas on Hilton Head, but off Hilton Head as well. Beaufort County Sheriff P.J. Tanner said, I can just tell you it's expanded quite a bit over the past 11 days. He would not provide more details about the ongoing search, but confirmed uh, today that Gerwing's death was a suicide. Um, This guy had been questioned by investigators, and then he killed himself by slashing his inner thigh with a knife. What a way to go. He he was named as a person of interest in the case after, uh, after he died. Uh, but before his body was found. So apparently he heard on the radio that they were coming looking to ask him questions, and he fucking took a knife and cut his inner thigh, his femoral artery, and just bled out like a fucking stuck pig, man. It takes like, you know, before you black out, maybe 30 seconds. I mean, just quartz come fucking flooding out. My buddy actually almost hit that artery in his leg he was snowmobiling and he went into a fence it was at night and he couldn't see it the fence was a chain link fence it was all painted black and he hit the thing totaled this fucking snowmobile at like 60 and tore his leg open and his brother dragged him to the hospital he almost died on the way over there 
Yeah, well, you got to be careful, man. That's you know, there's a couple of different places on your body where if you hit it, yeah. I don't know how this p- fucking particular guy knew, you know, right where to go. I wouldn't know where to go on my thigh, would you? No. <laughs> fucking. Would. That's not how I would kill myself anyway. Believe you me. Yeah. Not fucking bleeding out, man. He wanted to be found in a pool of fucking blood, man. I want he, one. Pe- he obviously did something fucking horrific. When to I those yeah, exactly. When I when when I when people find my dead body, I want it to be fucking clean as a whistle, no blood fucking flowing out of any orifices. Yeah, fuck that. Meanwhile, a jury cleared a cardiologist and radiologist today in negligence in the diagnosis of treatment of actor John Ritter, who died of a torn aorta. In 2003, jurors found that the radiologist advised Ritter to follow up with treatment by a physician after a body scan two years before his death, and he didn't follow the order. The lawsuit was brought by Ritter's, uh, Ritter's widow and children. The 9-3 to three verdict means there's no damage judgment against the doctors. So this is what people do nowadays. Every time somebody dies, they got nothing better to do than just say, you know, let's fucking sue the doctors. Yeah. The doctor's fault that he had a fucking torn aorta. Radiologist Matthew Leutch t- testified that he told Ritter he had calcification in three coronary arteries and should consult other doctors, but in a related finding, the jury decided that Ritter's failure to pursue that medical consultation was not the cause of his death. Cardiologist cleared Dr. Joseph Lee was summoned to treat Ritter at Providence St. Joseph Medical Center, where he was diagnosed with a heart attack. When he died on September 11th, 2003, Ritter was starring on the TV show Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. He was 54 years old. You know, I mean, I feel bad. I always feel bad. Somebody dies. I always think that there's somebody alive that feels, you know, bad about it. But to tell you the truth, I mean, was it a big loss to fucking the uh, state of the art? I mean, aside from the fact that he was Tex Ritter's son, which I guess he gets, you know, maybe five points just for that. Uh, the guy didn't do a single redeeming fucking thing his entire life. I mean, the crap that he produced on TV, man. I mean, it was atrocious. I have watched that show that he did, the the, the Three's Company show. You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With my mouth agape that this show could go on for so many fucking seasons and people pay money. It was literally not a single laugh in the entire show. The show, whole show, maybe. And I sense. loved the whole cast, too. I liked the fucking hot chick that was in it, whatever, her Suzanne Summers. I liked that guy that played the old geezer. He was funny. Both of the guys that played the old geezers were funny. Classic fucking TV actors. There was just not a single fucking joke. The whole joke was, uh huh, ha they think he's gay, but he's not gay, and he's hot for the chicks. That was the big joke. Uh-huh. Which, okay. Yeah. Hey, you're listening to The Ravings of a Clown. It's Friday, March the 14th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Between the darkness on the street and the houses filling up with light, between the stillness in my heart and the roar of the approaching night, somebody's calling after somebody. In the darkness on the street and the houses filling up with light Between the stillness in my heart And the roar of the approaching night Somebody's calling after somebody Somebody turns the corner out of sight Looking for somebody Somewhere in the night 
son no one remembers what was said or done tender are the words we choose you win i win we lose jackson brown on jest radio you're listening to the ravings of a clown it's friday march the 14th year of our lord 2008 so um We've been talking the past few nights about uh, what's going on with the Jeff, and you know she's been riding around the country in this uh, double-wide um, uh, caravan. You know this uh, half a million dollar rolling fucking uh, uh, hotel room. 
and um, but she apparently uh, arrived home safe and sound this evening with her daughter. So we'll see what's going on. Last time we spoke, you you may recall, uh, she told me she would give me an hour, and I told her, you know. Well, I was a little upset about this and pissed off about that, and you know, and and how did we, you know, sort of drift apart? And if you felt like it was happening, why didn't you fucking stop it? And then you said, you, you know, you've we've been through all this before, and we haven't been through all this before. We went through it back then. We've been going through it since we were thirteen, since nineteen seventy-three. What do you mean we went through this all before? We got to go through it again because what's happening again? So after the hour, she said, you know, I told her all my feelings and uh, she just listened and she made a lot of these um, compassion sounds, which was a little unusual for her. She usually sort of sits there quiet, but she made a lot of these, uh-huh, mm, oh yeah, wow, oh, ooh, you know, a lot of those kinds of noises. But in the end, uh, after the whole thing was over, she said, okay, well, I got to run, your, your hour is up. So I never did get anything. But she, you know, like went away the next day, so that was like a couple of weeks ago. We'll see what happens. Great grandmother one would be robber zero, Bernie Garcia. At first thought, the young man who approached her uh, asking for money while she was gassing up seemed like a sweet guy. But when the 83 year old woman uh, told him that she just spent all her spare change on gas and had none to give him, he grabbed her purse. But I had it wrapped around my wrist. Twice, Garcia said, and she was unable to pull it away. She fought back, spraying his shirt with the gasoline from the nozzle she still had in her other hand. Both of them uh, kept hold of the purse, and he pulled her to the ground and dragged her for a short distance until another man confronted him. Can you imagine an 83-year-old woman hanging on for dear life to that purse? The second man demanded, turn her loose, you something, something, she said. The man jumped into a nearby vehicle and fled. A witness got the license plate number, and three minutes later, police spotted it on U.S. 84 and stopped the car, which was reported stolen. And um, this is Santa Fe, New Mexico. Garcia and an eyewitness identified one of the men inside uh, the car as the attacker. He and the two other men were charged with uh, robbery and conspiracy. They got caught, and I'm so glad, she said. She said she felt fine after the attack. Police said uh, she declined medical attention at the scene, but she got home, she said, and she felt faint and went to bed, and then she woke up Thursday, and she was very sore. So apparently now maybe she figures she's got somebody to sue, like the gas station. So she's got to have a little soreness. No, I'm just kidding. I hope she does. uh, But, you know, it'll be some fucking, you know, person that somebody will get sued, and it won't be their fault. That's what always happens. The oldest bordello in Hamburg's red light district is shutting down for the lack of business. Can you imagine there's not enough fucking people out there that want to get laid for money? Family-run Hotel Luxor, established in 1948, is being sold to an investor and will close down for good next month, Madam Waltrad Mayer said, according to the uh, Hamburg uh, Morgan Post and Build. I got to tell you, I personally um, at, uh, attended this uh, particular whorehouse in uh, Germany, and it was one of the great whorehouses of the world, my friend. Let me tell you, and they're closing down for lack of business. I really don't understand that. She blamed the decline in business on easily available Internet porn. Come on. 
I got all the fucking <laughs> porn. I've had all the porn a person can want since I was 13. I don't think that stopped my uh, desire for having sex with women. Uh, and the rise of call girl services. That's the thing that's killing them. Now they can, you know, just order in like a pizza. And the noisy discos and dance clubs uh, on the same street as her business. Can't make any money selling sex in St. Pauli anymore, she was quoted as saying, referring to the area that includes the red light district. The only thing still in operation is the table dance clubs. Because what do they cost? Like 20 bucks for a couple of drinks and a few singles. The club's heyday was back in the 1970s when it was open seven days a week and had 12 prostitutes on hand. Our customers were well off. They didn't scrimp. Uh, that's also changed today, she said. Hotel Luxor today employs only four whores and is only open Tuesday through Friday. Can you imagine if you have a fucking boner on Sunday? What are you going to do? you got to wait till Tuesday. 2,000 euros a night, it was like that once. One of the women who gave her name as Nicole told Jester Radio, now I can only dream of that. It's been a year, and uh, I've been here a year, and I only earn around uh, 308 bucks per shift. 300 bucks a shift. I mean, that's still not chicken feed. Gesundheit. Still, man, it's tragic to see, you know, a high-class whorehouse like this go the way of the dogs. No offense to the jester mud. The police department was briefly uh, evacuated in Corpus Christi, Texas, after a woman decided that she should bring in a hand grenade that she had found. The unidentified woman handed it to the officer after finding it while cleaning out a relative's belongings, the officer immediately took it outside the building and police cleared the building until the bomb squad took it away and detonated it. About an hour later, the grenade appeared to have been live. We uh, countercharged it, he said, and it went boom. So apparently it was a live hand grenade. And she walked into the police department and said, yeah, I got this uh, hand grenade here. Maybe you guys want it. So what do you think? You know, a lot of people tell me, ah, you know, fuck it. Uh, you know, she's got this, uh, you know, time bomb going, ticking inside of her head. She's probably got one foot in the grave, the other foot on the banana peel. She quit her fucking job. She was CEO of a, you know, $300 million uh, business. And uh, she just quit her job, bought this fucking, um, you know, ridiculous thing. And uh, she's traipsing all over because she doesn't know, you know, when it's going to be too late. She's got this brain tumor inside her head the size of some kind of citrus fruit. I'm not sure what, uh, which one, but it's always a citrus fruit. It's either an orange, a lemon, or a grapefruit. And it's, it's become active again. So, So some folks tell me, you know, this is, you know, she's uh, not the same person she used to be and... You know, but still, something going on there. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. Please don't fuck with that dial. It gets good starting right now.
pocket A foot without a sock Your body gets much closer I fumble for the clock
gonna greet me It's just you and I, my friend And my clothes don't fit me no more I want a thousand miles just to slip this scheme The night is falling, I'm blind awake I can feel myself Fading away So receive me brother With your faithless kiss Or will we Leave each other alone like this On the streets of Philadelphia gonna greet me it's just you and i my friend and my clothes don't fit me no more i walked a thousand miles just to slip this skin bruce springsteen on jester radio squeeze before that tempted you're listening to the ravings of a clown on jester radio hanging in the jester radio chat room why not stop by and say hi if you got a pair if not no problem a raw turnip was at the root of a bomb scare it lasted for four hours at a law office. We did another story like this yesterday. People are in a panic, and this is great for the politicians. We did a story earlier tonight that uh, John McCain was you know, saying that he suspects uh, that there'll be some terrorist activity surrounding the um, elections this November. Even went so far as to imply that because of the chatter that he's been privy to, that that's why he suspects it. And here now it's been, you know, seven years since uh, 9-11. And, you know, these motherfuckers, they blew their load and that was that. Just a bunch of fucking, you know, faggots who, uh, you know, hate life. They were probably fucked up the ass by their imams, you know, for 14 years. And uh, they're, you know, filled with a bottomless uh, rage that uh, they turn towards the West because... Because every great religion has to have a a great enemy. It's a, it's a rule. If you read your 1984, if you read your George Orwell, um, you'll see that one of the great rules of keeping people in line is you have to have this fantastic enemy that's the cause of all their unhappiness. Meanwhile, while they're fucking, you know, princes, there's so-called princes over there um, in uh, Iraq and Pakistan and Iran, you know, all this so-called royalty. They're not royalty at all. They're just the thugs, uh, dictators uh, that have just killed off the last, you know, group of royalty while they're wiping their asses with $100 bills and the fucking, you know, people with their oil money and the, and the poor people in the street are starving to death and getting fucked up the ass by their priests... Uh, you know, they tell them that the cause of all their problems is the great uh, demon in the West. And these kids grow up with this fantastic rage and this hatred. And, you know, they get together and they go, yeah, let's fucking bomb the West. But it's not like there's like millions of people organized. It's not a real army. It's not a real war. It's just a bunch of lunatics. It should be treated like a law enforcement problem. 
not a military problem. You know, when Timothy McVeigh blew up the Alfred P. Murrah building, it was an act of terrorism by the modern definition of what terrorism is. He meant to terrorize and strike fear in the hearts of the government that he resented. But as a response, we didn't then go after the state of fucking Arkansas, wherever the fuck he was from. We arrested him and prosecuted him and didn't go to war against the wackos, you know, the anti-government wackos. There's millions of them out there. These people who think, you know, that they should have unlimited access to... uh, Guns because they love to play with their guns, and then and not just the regular kind of deer killing guns because they love to kill their deers with the guns, but they also need to have their um, toy weapons, the ones you know the automatic firing weapons, and you know they say they're for collecting purposes, but it's really so they can go out in the woods and shoot up the joint. And. Um, There's millions of these fucking wackos in the United States, but we don't have a war out against them. We have uh, the fucking cops out there looking for them. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. Hey, that's just my opinion. So uh, now we had a raw turnip uh, show up at a law office in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Officers then uh, called the city's bomb unit which brought in a robot to carry the uh, turnip outside into a parking lot. X-rays showed signs that it was uh, a turnip. But bomb technicians decided to detonate the package with a water cannon just to be safe. After that, they opened uh, the box and found a turnip wrapped in a, a tissue paper inside a sandwich bag. And it was unclear who was supposed to receive the vegetable because they destroyed the address on the fucking package with the water cannon. So they don't really know why somebody was sending somebody a turnip. It's all just a mystery. In the calling out to one another of the lovers up and down the strand in the sound of the waves and the sounds of the seabirds circling the sand and the fragments of the songs carried down the wind by some radio and the murmuring of the city in the distance, ominous and low. I hear the sound of a world where we played and the far too distant music. Jackson Brown on JR. Leave it where it is. In the calling out to one another of the lovers up and down the strand In the sound of the waves and the cries of the seagulls circling the sand And the fragments of the songs carried down the wind from some radio And the murmuring of the city in the distance Ominous and low I hear the sound of a world where we play And the far too simple beauty of the promises we made If you ever need holding Call my name If you ever need holding and no holding back, I'll see you through sky blue and black. The 
by your side we drifted apart as your memory stray to a bright summer day when I kissed you and called you Do the chairs in your parlor seem empty in bed? Do you gaze at your doorstep and picture me there? Is your heart filled with pain? Shall I come back again? Tell me, dear. Are you lonesome too? I wonder if you're lonesome tonight. You know, someone said the world's a stage and each of us play a part. Play hit me playing in plus tags. You read your lines so cleverly. <laughs> I never missed a cue. They came back too. You forgot the words. Seemed to change, you fool. You acted strange and wild ever long. Why ever did it, honey? Who am I talking to? You lied when you said you loved me. You, I had no cause to doubt you. But I think one, rather go on hearing your lies. And you go on living without you. Now the stage is bare, and I'm standing there without any hair. I know. <laughs> and you won't come back to me. What a heck with it. Is your heart still pain? Shall I come back? Tell me, dear. Are you lonesome tonight? Hey, clearly wasted Elvis Presley fucking up Are You Lonesome Tonight on Just Radio goes out to uh, Zona. You're welcome. Jackson Brown before that sky blue and black. When the touch of the lover ends and the soul of a friend begins, there's a need to be separate and a need to be one and a struggle. Neither wins. Well, you gave me the world I was in and a place I could make a stand. I could never see how you doubted me when I'd let go of your hand. Yeah, and I was much younger then, and I must have thought that I would know if things were going to end. And the heavens were rolling like a wheel on a track, and our sky was unfolding. And uh, it'll never fold black back. Sky blue and black. Incredible lyric. Uh, the ending of that song, which is almost like an afterthought to the lyric. It's not even part of a verse. He says, uh, "You're the color of the sky reflected in each storefront window pane. You're the whispering and the sighing of my tires in the rain. You're the hidden cost and the thing that's lost in everything I do." Yeah, and I'll never stop looking for you in the sunlight and the shadows, 
and the faces on the avenue. That's the way love is. And that is, in fact, the way love is. You're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jest Radio. Got something to say about it? 646-502-8600. Gets you live on the air with your old pal. 646-502-8600. Or simply Skype in to Jester Radio. Construction workers in the Czech Republic have made a discovery that should relieve thousands of foreigners. The reason they never heard back when they sent mail to uh, Czechoslovakia um, in uh, 2001 to 2006 is not that they were jilted. The reason is that the mail ended up in a train tunnel. The Czech Post said today that 60 postal bags of mail and parcels that were mailed from other countries were found by workers renovating the unused tunnel in a train station in the southeastern town of Briklov. Postal spokesman Gabriel Pleska called the discovery unprecedented and shocking. <laughs> we must have, uh, apparently, were the last to be shocked. Uh, police are determined to find out who is to blame. Well, it's the guy who was supposed to deliver that mail, I reckon. There was a great uh, Seinfeld episode. <laughs> where Newman wasn't delivering the mail. He had it stacked up. It was actually like a story about some New York City um, uh, mail delivery person, I guess, back in the uh, mid-'90s that was caught with, like, you know, dozens of mail bags in her house. And then Seinfeld did a spoof on it, and now it's fucking happening in uh, Czechoslovakia. 60 mail bags filled with letters and packages. 60 bags of mail, man. That's a lot of fucking mail. 60. I mean, you got to think, this like little podunk town in Czechoslovakia, they went through, like, what? A bag a week? Come on. And this was going on over a five-year period of time. And even the mail that came in from out of town, they just stuck in the, t- <laughs> stuck in the tunnel. I know. Hey, listen, while you're on the air, a couple of things Bob has asked me to remind you. The donate button, uh, head over to JesterRadio.com and click on that donate button and uh, keep us on the air. That's what uh, keeps us going. You know, we'd be doing this thing uh, every night. It's my best two nights, uh, best two hours of my day. And uh, I do hope it means a little something to you, too. And so if it does, please uh, hit that donate button. Show us how you feel. Give till it hurts. That's our motto around here. What else? We've, we've talked about the podcast, and then uh, there's something else we're supposed to mention. Yeah, the fact that the show is recast every day. If you missed any portion of this evening's program, it will be recast at 2 a.m. and then 2 p.m., all times Eastern. Um, and uh, that's the whole uh, advertising budget we have right there. So many uh, tunes to get to. Um, please don't fuck with that dial. Even if we talked all night, it ain't getting us nowhere. Meatloaf on JR. Leave it right where it is.
Dante on Jester Radio, Sugar Sugar. That was uh, such a crazy song. Anyone know that was alive in the summer of 1969 was, um, couldn't get that song out of their fucking heads. And it was originally turned down by the Monkees, uh, that tune. And it was uh, produced by Don Kirshner. Anybody remember him from those uh, concerts that he used to do in New York City? And it was uh, Ron Dante, you know, who played all the um, instruments, did all the vocals. Um, you know, the, Andy Kim and Ellie Greenwich was on it, but uh, it was pretty much all Ron Dante, who had been known as being a one-man band, which is why they hired him. He was also the Cufflinks. And when Julie comes around, he did all the voices and, uh, and um, did all the instruments. So that's why they hired him, to, to be the Archies because it was just a studio band. There was no reason for them to ever be a real band. 
And except for that uh, one little uh, ba- background vocal by um, Tony Wine, you know, the chick who says, I'm going to make your life so sweet. She was a New York uh, pop singer back in the day, and she wrote songs for, she wrote the, a groovy kind of love for the Mindbenders, and she wrote Candida for uh, Tony Orlando. She wrote tunes for Elvis. And uh, she was also a background vocalist uh, for Gene Pitney and Willie Nelson. And uh, she was on the, uh, that song, Always On My Mind. She was that same voice, that really strong, um, kind of soulful, uh, kind of gospel. Uh, and she brought that to the Archies, unbelievably. <laughs> I remember watching that singing, thinking to myself, who's the fucking black broad singing uh, you know, where Betty should be singing? I don't remember who it was, Veronica or Betty. By the way, which one is it, Veronica or Betty? Let us know, 646-502-8600, the undisputed truth before that. Your enemies can't do you no harm because uh, you know where they're coming from. Smiling faces, meatloaf started that long set. Two out of three ain't bad. I love you. I want you. I need you. But there ain't no way I'm ever going to love you. But don't feel sad. Two out of three ain't bad. You've been listening to The Ravings of a Clown this Friday, March the 14th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Pennsylvania man is accused of attempting bank robbery and poor planning. Uh, If that were a crime, he'd be charged with that, too. Police say that he arrived at the Citizens and Northern Bank in the Borough of Liberty, Pennsylvania, uh, on Thursday and waited in his car for about 20 minutes. Shortly after noon, he tried to enter the bank 100 miles uh, west of Scranton wearing a ski mask and carrying a rifle. But the uh, bank's Liberty branch closes at noon on Thursday, foiling his plan. The man fled the scene. The bank employees took note of his license plate number. 28-year-old suspect was uh, kept in, uh, is now in uh, jail in lieu of $50,000 bond. He just, like, rattled away on the door, tried to get in. They saw some guy standing outside with a fucking shotgun and a ski mask, and they called the cops. Finally this evening, careful with that coffee. Police say that a man placing an order at a suburban New York donut shop in Yorktown, New York, uh, through the drive through lane, didn't have any pants on. They say that a Dunkin' Donuts worker saw John Greco's exposed genitals in the February 27th stunt and then noticed the make of his car and his license plate number. Police say the 46-year-old Croton-on-Hudson resident was arrested last week, has been charged with misdemeanor public lewdness. He's due in court on March 27th. Police released a statement today saying that it was unknown uh, how Mr. Greco took his coffee that day. Greco said by telephone from his home that he had no comment uh, and that uh, when we asked him what he was currently wearing, he hung up the phone. Thanks so very much for tuning in this evening. You've been listening to the ravings of a clown on Chester Radio. Here's the deal. We are the home for classic rock, folk, and comedy on the net and perhaps the universe. So that's why we ask you to leave it tuned in to Jester Radio 24-7. It's good for you, and it's good for us. Keeps our ratings up there on the charts. And um, so who does that hurt? Uh, don't fuck with that, though. We'll be right back to say goodnight.
Cheap Trick on Jester Radio. Wow. Check it out. It just came out this week. Just now. I know. Remember when that song came out? Hey, you have been listening to The Ravings of a Clown this Friday, March the 14th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Extra special thanks to all those that stopped by the Just Radio chat room this evening, including Zona Rosa and Espo and Tonic Water. And um, thanks uh, to those that stopped by the Just Radio webpage to click on the donate button. Also visit our podcast page and the lyrics page. And if you don't find what you're looking for, drop us a note. You can always email me personally, directly. Nobody else reads my mail, the Jester at jesterradio.com or Skype in anytime at Jester Radio. You never know when I may be walking past the receptionist desk or say hi to Dolly the receptionist or Bob the engineer. Thanks again for stopping by. Go placidly amid the noise and haste and remember what peace there may be in silence. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. And most importantly, always, always do your best. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes until that time, Eustace. Day after day, I'm more confused, yet I look through the light, through the pouring rain. I know it's a game that I hate to lose, and I'm feeling the strain. But give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. Good night. See you tomorrow. Today I'm more confused Yet I look for the light through the pouring rain You know that's a game that I hate to lose And I'm feeling the strain Ain't it a shame? Boys and free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll And drift away Oh, give me the beat, boys And free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll And drift away Beginning to think that I'm wasting time I don't understand the things I do The world outside looks so unkind And I'm counting on you To carry me through Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll And drift away Given me 